Hello, everybody, and welcome back. This is Chapter 4, Where is My Paycheck? The title of the book is The Road Less Traveled. The financial advisor and author is Mark Fricks. Mark, welcome back. Thanks, Jeff. Good to hear your voice. Hope you're doing well today. Doing well. So last week, uh, we wrapped up The Color of Money. And uh, for those of you that have uh, just caught this uh, podcast series for the first time, this is a financial journey. We're dedicating uh, this to all um, all of you out there that are uh, really trying to have clarity in your path to retirement. You will hear us uh, discuss um, certain acronyms that are dedicated to the federal market. Uh, one of the divisions of Mark's company is the is the federal space. And you want to go back and check out those previous podcasts. So we'll get you information at the end of how you can find those. So let's get into Chapter 4 today, which is Where Is My Paycheck? Interesting title. <laughs> well, um, you know, I've had several clients, um, and as you know, Jeff, a lot of the clients we work with, they come to us a few months to a, th- a few years before retirement to begin preparations, and um, uh, I like to kind of follow their journey as we meet with them and work with them, and, and I, my next book, hopefully that'll be out within the year, is uh, about the transition from working to retirement. And so I always interview my clients uh, after retirement, and I'll do it two or three times. I'll do it a few months, and then a year later, two years later, and just to say, what's different, what's changed, what did you expect, what did you not expect? So one of the things you hear a lot of is, is Mark, I've never walked away from a paycheck before. I've always had another paycheck to go to, and here I am voluntarily walking away from this semi-guaranteed paycheck, and I've got to replace it. And so that's what this chapter is about is, Replacing that paycheck, going from accumulation to distribution, and it is a uh, a process. And a, the better job you do, then the better your retirement is going to be, and the longer your money is going to last, and the more money you'll have each month. So you talk about um, as we wrapped up the last last session, you were talking about the color of your money as it pertains to retirement. This would be the green money, correct? That's correct. It's so uh, it's it's what will produce guaranteed income. It's what will not lose money because uh, you don't want to take income from an account that's losing money. Uh, so it's called protected growth, uh, and we also call it half to money. You know, it's funny. My utility company will not accept the excuse that hey, I don't have the money this month, but I'm good for it next month. Well, that's probably well and good, but I'll be writing the next check in the dark. So right. that's not a good way to live. Um, so we we want to make sure that we have um, the money we need coming in every month without fail and without variance. So that is green money. And, and if you've not listened to the previous podcast, we've got um, uh, Jeff. Is this our fourth or fourth or fifth? This is uh, chapter. This is our fourth. Well, this is uh, we did an introduction, which is important to set up the story. Right. And then this is uh, the. The actual fifth podcast, chapter four, that we're getting yeah. into, you know, some of the real details of right. making sure that uh, you don't run out of money and, 
you know, you have to have a paycheck in retirement. Now it's coming from different sources. That's right. And, and, and we, you know, I just want to make sure and encourage folks to go back and, and listen from the beginning so that more of this will make sense. Uh, it right. still will make sense. It's just nice to tie it all together. Um, but yeah, it's all about the paycheck. And, and that's, uh, that's green money out of the three colors. We have yellow, green, and red. So we're talking about green money now. Income and, uh, and, and where does it come from? And, 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 you know, we, we, um, we know social security, uh, for, for most of America is a source of income in retirement. Even if you're, um, a spouse that never worked, um, you have what they call a spousal benefit. So you actually get half of your spouse's social security check, um, for yourself. And so most people do qualify for that. So that's a nice guaranteed income. And now, you know, I say that sometimes people go, well, Social Security isn't it in trouble. Da, 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 da. Social Security has been in trouble about eight times since it came out. And, and it's always been fixed. I don't have any doubts that we'll fix it this time. Um, there's too much on the line. There's too many people collecting it. There's too much money going out the door. It's our largest social program and almost our largest program period just below defense and and maybe our debt i don't know but um so it's not going away but it could change it could it could have a less cost of living it could be uh maybe you have to be older to collect it but uh but it's going to be there it's as guaranteed as i think as the government is so so that's a that's that's some income uh for for 99 percent of the people we work with it's not enough so where else does it come from well the great thing about federal workers is they have something called a FERS pension f-e-r-s Federal Employee Retirement System, and so uh, that's an annuity that the government uh, or pension that the government um, gives their employees, and as long as you work there long enough, then uh, you'll receive it. So that is pretty much a guaranteed income flow as well. So the government worker does have a little bit of a leg up, but still, you know, I think, Jeff, you know, over half the people we work with are government workers, and even those two sources is many times not enough for what they want coming in retirement. So we have what we call an income gap. You know, Social Security plus FERS equals X, but we need X times two or whatever it may be. So um, I, I told you I wasn't going to make you do math anymore, so you don't have to do that. Uh, Thank you. That formula there. <laughs> so, Thank you. Um, uh, so how do you fill the gap? And that's kind of. You know, that's that's kind of today's program. How do you how do you fill the gap? So let's get into that a little bit. Why can't people just that gap would be to be, you know, for federal employees out there, the thrift savings plan, right? Yeah, which is kind of the federal workers 401k. And so you've got this, which typically is the largest pot of money that the federal workers worker has. Just like the, the, uh, you know, the typical corporate, uh, employee. Their, their largest asset normally, besides maybe a house, is their 401k or 403b or whatever. So the TSP for the federal workers the same way. Um, so you've got this nice big bucket of money, hopefully, that you've saved over these years. The government has matched part of your, uh, contributions. And here you are, uh, you know, six months, a year, three years away from retirement and, and, and thinking that, hey, I've got this TSP to back me up. I'm just going to take out $500 a month, you know, during retirement to bridge that gap that we came up with. And so that's a little dangerous. Um, and and I'm, I'm going to describe why. But first, I'm going to go back to something. So um, whether it be a federal worker or, or somebody, that, a state worker or just a, somebody, uh, you know, in the private sector, um, I had a lady come in 
this been several years ago, and she had been widowed a couple years before, and she was trying to to carry on what her husband had been doing. And what her husband was using to fill the gap was what he called a dividend portfolio, a portfolio of stocks that pay dividends. And that's a very good theory uh, because dividends, you know, are profits of companies. And if you own their stock, they share the profits. And, you know, and people go, well, you know, southern companies never missed a dividend or Coke's never or whatever. You know, the problem is, is um, whether they've missed one or not, if things get bad enough, they could. And number two is even if they haven't missed one, they do lower them. In fact, I just read the other day where, where uh, bank regulators are looking at the possibility of forcing banks to not pay dividends over the next few quarters because their books are shaky from the COVID-19 uh, economic crisis. They're going to force them to quit taking pay. And so you may have the best bank in the world with the best paying dividend. So how can you depend on income from dividends when they're different every month based on the economy? So that reminds me of a story, Jeff. I was, um, so let's, let's say that, um, uh, you and the missus are going to head to a resort. This resort is in the mountains. It's a beautiful resort. It's hard to get into. You were able to pull some strings. Um, you know, the drive up is beautiful. The resort itself is just amazing, jaw dropping place to be. They take care of your every need. So you guys, uh, you and your spouse leave. And, and, uh, you notice a sign that says last gas station before the mountain trip to the resort. And so you say, well, you know, honey, we better put some, some gas in the car. And so you pull off and you fill it up. And, and, and Jeff, I know you're, you're one of these guys, you're very frugal and, and very smart at the same time. So you look at your wife and say, you know, I know how many miles it is to the resort and I know the resort, their gas is half price. So I'm going to put just enough gas in my tank to get me to the resort. And your spouse kind of rolls her eyes. <laughs> and, yeah. And I've not, not met your spouse, but already I'm, I'm pretty close, right? <laughs> she wouldn't have got back in the car. So. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, I'd be, go, I'd be heading up to the resort by myself. <laughs> All right. Well, we'll pretend for a minute. So, um, so you guys get back in the car and you start driving. And, and so your little trip computer says that it's 50 miles to the resort and you have enough gas for 55 miles. So you're, you're feeling pretty good, you know? Uh, you forgot to take into account it's an uphill drive, though, which takes more gas, right? And your windows are down, your sunroof is open, you're enjoying the weather. That puts some drag on the car. And you notice when you're 25 miles away, you have enough for 27 miles of gas. Uh, you're getting a little nervous. Your wife is glancing over. She's kind of getting a little nervous, kind of punching you in the arm a little bit and, you know, that type of thing. And finally, you're 10 miles away, and the, and the computer says you have 10 miles worth of gas. So you guys are sweating it now, you know, and finally you roll into the resort on fumes. You kind of wipe your brow and, and, and your wife is like, if you ever do that again, right? And so you guys get out and you go up to register and, and, and the lady greets you and you're signing in and she says, well, how was your drive up? And you guys say, well, it, it was fine. It was a drive. And the lady said, did you notice the beauty of the drive? That is the number one scenic route in America. And you look at your wife and your wife looks at you and say, you know, well, actually, we didn't really see a lot of it. And she said, well, why is that? She said, you said, well, we didn't have a whole lot of gas, and we were afraid we are going to run out of, out of gas. Well, that's kind of the way it is if you're depending on the stock market and our dividends to fill your income tank. You're going to wake up every morning checking the market to see if there, if you've lost money and if you can afford to take money out that month or if you got dividends that month or whatever. Why not just have income that you know is coming in and enjoy the trip. That's 
Makes sense to me. I don't know. You know, are there ways to do that, though? I mean... Well, there is. There's green money that, uh, you know, on top of your Social Security and on top of your FERS annuity or your pension at work, if you are blessed to have one, uh, is we, we're able to develop what's called personal pension plans. And uh, they work just like FERS annuities or pension annuities or anything else. They are annuities, but they're a very specially designed one that not only is guaranteed not to run out of money, they also can only grow with the market and not lose money with the market. Uh, and if you pass away and there's still money left in them, your heirs get it, unlike Social Security and unlike your FERS pension. You know, if you pass away after one year, that FERS pension goes back into the bucket unless you purchase a survivor, which costs you money. And if you do purchase a survivor, the only survivor would be your wife. If you both pass away or husband, if you both pass away, that money does not go to your kids or grandkids. It goes back into the FERS or pension bucket. So. Be very careful with annuities. There are a lot of annuities out there, and a lot of them are not good. But there is, and we being fiduciaries, we know which ones to use. But um, that's what we like to use because it is guaranteed income, just like Social Security, just like your FERS annuity. We use a hybrid fixed index annuity that is designed to provide guaranteed income. And you might need two or three smaller ones because guess what happens five years later? something called inflation. Now, I want my income to keep up with inflation, so maybe we turn on bucket two at that point. And then maybe there's a bucket three ten years later or whatever. So that's um, that's what we like to use. Um, you know, in the old days, we used to sometimes use these bo- uh, laddered bond accounts. Well, you know, bonds for 30 years have not averaged better than 3% uh, yield. Uh, so if you want to live on 3% or less, as opposed to a hybrid annuity producing five to six and a half percent, then um, give it a try. Um, but I prefer more efficient methods of doing that than, than that. So you brought up a good point. Can you touch on this? We may have talked about this in previous episodes, but uh, especially this year with the chaos of the government, the market up and down. Um, could you explain to the audience why it's important to take that third that third piece, the gap? We talked about the 401K, TSP, not just the guarantee income, but the fact of moving that money into a private institution, the uh, stability and that diversification. Could you get into that a little bit? You know, considering you have two, you have your two income uh, streams that are backed by the federal government for, for right. our uh, federal employees out there, why it's important maybe to look at that third stream uh, to be managed by a private institution? Yeah, um, you know, back, um, well, first of all, we know that the market is is going to go up and down, and, and there's something called the uh, risk of sequence of returns, and what it says is it says that um, basically if you're taking money out of a, a stock market account every month, the market's down 20%, and then you take out another 3%, then you're, you've just dug into principal, and there's a chance you may not ever recover that money. Um, and so that's one of the reasons. But there's also something that's out there, uh, and I'll address exactly what you mentioned there, uh, Jeff, in just a second. But I think something important that I share is um, a lot of people have uh, read about the what's called the 4% rule. The 4% rule, you'll see it in a lot of money magazines. And what it comes from and what it means is it came from a study done by Morningstar back in 1993. 
that said, if you take out 4% from your stock market account, there's a 97% chance your money will last 30 years. Okay, 4%. So if you need $30,000, you know, you only need about 750000 or so. Uh, I think I've got my math right. Um, to, to produce 30000 a year for 30 years. Well, something happened in 2001 and two called the tech bubble. Something happened in 2008 through 2011 called the Great Recession. And they redid the study back in 2013. The new rule is now 2.8%, which means you need over a million dollars to produce the same $30,000. And so by using these hybrid annuities, you only need $500,000 to produce the same $30,000. So it's more efficient. So getting back to your question, um, the reason we like these also is because we use insurance companies to insure these this money. And insurance companies are actually the strongest place you can be. If you look back at the Great Depression, how many banks went out of business? You know, thousands of banks went out of business. Um, an insurance company has never failed ever in the history of annuities, which goes back into the end of the last century. I'm sorry, the end of the 1800s has never failed to pay out an annuity payment. Ninety seven percent of all life claims have been paid out. And that's because of the rules surrounding insurance companies. So you have the reserve Rule which says you have to keep this, the client's money in reserve in case they need it or have a claim. You have reinsurance. You have state funds. You have state rules that uh, other insurance companies will pick up your clients if you fail. And so it's probably the safest place to be. I don't know if people know this, but back in the Great, Rece- uh, Great Recession, the FDIC was broke. If we had had one major bank go into business, they, they are allowed to restrict your access to your money, even though it's guaranteed by the government or FDIC. They can restrict only give you half of your money in your account and wait another six months and maybe a year. I know it's six months to give you the other half. Right. Um, I'd hate to go to the bank and need to pay my house payment and not be able to get it out. So well, I think people need to they need to hear this. Yeah. It's, it, you know, it's a real world out there. And, and, and could that could the Great Recession happen again? Oh, I think. I think very likely think with the way we've been treating money lately and printing money yeah. and you know, the Federal Reserve, yep. you know, squashing you know, one day the pot's got to go off, you know, the pressure cooker. And, and yeah. so, yeah, it, it's it's not uh, all pretty. So um, I, I think that's a great place uh, to place money that you want to make sure you get a paycheck coming as long as you live. And even as long as your loved ones around could be some uh, uh, so many leftover for them as well. OK, good. I'm glad you brought that up because it's it's probably more important than any other year. Um, to make sure people are educated on um, who's backing up that retirement income. So yeah. thank you for getting into that. Um, great subject today. Yeah, it's 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 so practical, right? It's and maybe you know maybe not as exciting as everything we could talk about. I mean, we could talk about taxes, right? That's pretty exciting, but um, that's not exciting. <laughs> it is for me, Jeff. It is for me. <laughs> so. Well, that you you have a weird sense of humor, so that does that that would make sense. Well, I'll tell you what is exciting is chapter five. Yes, yes, chapter Don't five. Leave money on the table. That's right. Uh, so, chapter five coming up next week, next podcast is uh, about maximizing social security and pensions. Um, uh, we have software as well as planning uh, software that allows us to show the exact best time to turn on your social security and your spouse if you have one 
and also how to maximize your pension. There's actually a way to maximize your pension and still leave a survivor benefit to someone, even kids. Whereas on a pension, you can only leave a survivor to a spouse or significant other. Um, if you use pension maximization, you can leave a survivor benefit to kids, grandkids, uncles, aunts, grandmothers, mothers, your favorite advisor, even Jeff. So we'll talk about that. Well, that's an important subject also. So you, you're going to want to look for that uh, next episode to be uploaded next week. In the meantime, if somebody's listening and said, hey, I'd like a copy of the book or I'd like a, a company consultation with you and your team, how would they get a hold of you? Yeah, so we, uh, we, we do things special for people that listen to the podcast uh, is, first of all, to reach us. Website's probably a great way, masterplanretired.com. Not only is there our emails and contact button is there, it also tells a lot about us. And right on the first page, you can click a button and say, hey, I want to meet with Mark. And what we do is, if you've heard this podcast, is we offer anyone that's listening and somebody you want to refer 30 to 45 minutes of my time uh, via the Internet uh, to discuss whatever concerns you have or whatever questions you have, whether you're a government worker or not. You know, you, you, you've got something you're worrying about. You, maybe you're worrying about your TSP losing money over the next months. Maybe you're worried about uh, taxes and that's going to hit you. Uh, whatever. Many things to worry about. So, so that 30 to 45 minutes is my time for you. You will not meet with one of my associates or other advisors. It will be with me one-on-one via, again, the web. And uh, also, those that meet with us will receive a complimentary copy of my book, The Road Less Traveled, um, and also uh, six to ten reports about uh, anything from how to run out of money, how what could hurt you, what are your weaknesses in retirement, things of that nature, so that you'll have a clear picture of exactly where you stand and what you need to work on. And, uh, you know, it could be some things we might could help you with as well. So... Um, well worth the time. We, we, can, we stay very busy. If you go, go push the button to, to schedule that, uh, you won't see a whole lot of openings. So don't, don't put it off. Don't procrastinate. Uh, the more podcasts that get out there, including also our radio show and, and, and other things we do, uh, we stay pretty busy. So, um, that's a good way to reach us. I will give our phone number just in case people are old fashioned, 770-980-9262. That's our main office, which is in the Atlanta, Georgia area, but we work throughout the southeast and really actually in, in, we're in about 28 states now. So um, uh, it's uh, we have no uh, no boundaries, uh, as a as you could say. And for those federal employees, uh, you can also go check out our site, uh, www.fedfedchecklist.com. Uh, nice down uh, a PDF. Free of charge, you can download a retirement report for federal employees. It includes a worksheet and budget and preparation. So if you're thinking, I need to get with Mark, it's a good tool to you know start getting your wheels turning about what you need to do. There's also the 12 must-ask questions federal employees need to have answered before they retire. So I highly suggest you go over there and check that out. You can also put questions and comments on there for Mark and his team. And you can book a meeting directly there, and uh, that'll uh, be the first step in getting that consultation uh, with Mark. So, all right, um, that concludes our session today. Thank you, Mark. Uh, it's, it's been great talking to you, uh, so thank you for your time. Thank you, Jeff. Appreciate it very much. Enjoyed it as always.
And we'll be back next week, uh, Chapter 5. Um, don't leave money on the table. You don't want to miss that one. So uh, we'll see everybody back here. Thanks a lot. Take care, everybody.